0: Namaste. So, as always, we have the prayers revealing to us profound mysteries and truths of existence, the path of yoga, the attitude that we must have in everything towards life. So, we have seen at one place the mother says that even in divine work we must be disinterested. What does it mean? That our only concern should be to serve the divine. How, where, which way he will place us should not be our concern. The moment that comes into the head, there is ambition, ego creeping in some way or the other. And this one can know only in the sincerity of one's being. What place one would occupy, we do not know. Whether one will be a little squirrel rolling in the mud and putting uh, that little mud into the sea, thinking that it is helping Lord Rama's work. Or whether it will be like Hanuman going here, there, everywhere for the sake of the Lord. Or like Shatrugan who is simply loving the Lord and just trying to lead his life as Lord is leading somewhere else. Or like Lakshman standing by his side as his warrior, as his guardian, as his uh, sevak, as his brother. Or one is like Bharat, far away from the Lord and simply... Carrying his charan paduka on his head and running the kingdom, knowing fully well that it is not his, but the Lord's. Now, there are so many ways and so many things through which we serve the Lord. Just simply loving the Lord is a service. Having faith in the Lord is a service because it spreads hope and faith and positivity and love in the atmosphere. A person who loves the Lord spreads the energy of love, whether he likes it or not, wants it or not. And that's what the earth needs maximum. So we have always this that, uh, you know, the Gita speaks of one of the signs of the Bhakta, maitri karuna evascha. So there are several places, several ways that we can serve the divine. We should not have this idea that only we are placed in a particular position that we can serve him. And this is the prayer which reveals to us this profound truth. May 13th, 1914 This somnolence of my thought, O Lord, Thou wilt shake off so that I may have knowledge and understand the experience Thou hast given to my being. So we try to understand an experience by the mind and its analysis. It cannot be done like that. Only the divine can reveal the truth behind it. When something in me puts a question to thee, always thou repliest. In fact, the mother says that uh, this is one of the signs that one is on the path, that whenever there is a question, the answer comes from somewhere or the other, maybe through a book, through a person, through a casual uh, word or from within. And when it is necessary that I should know something, Thou teachest it to me, either directly or indirectly. So this is the trust with which we should live, that whatever I need to understand, whatever I need to know, the divine will make me know. So very often people say, oh, it is so difficult, the life divine. How to read it? The Lord is there. It is his book. We can pray to him and he will reveal what we are ready to be, to see. And as we keep reading, as we read again and again, He will reveal to us new meanings till ultimately we go from the reading and understanding to the direct experience. The same applies to Savitri and to every other book. It is not from the dictionary that we can understand, but simply with this attitude that whatever I need to know, whatever I need to understand, you will make me understand. It comes as a revelation. I see more and more that all impatient revolt, all haste would be useless. Everything is organized solely that I may serve thee as I should. So she says uh, sometimes, oh, it should be done even in divine service. Why isn't this happening? This should happen in this way. Right now it should happen. So, well, we may want it and it's good to aspire. But we should not be in a state of haste, impatience or revolt. We should offer it and leave it at that. Our aspiration we should have and then leave it to the divine as... uh, The mother says, supramental action, that you aspire and then you allow, give space to the divine to act. There are several things in the world at any given point of time over which the divine works. So many things, ready, unready, not ready and resisting on which the work has to go on together. So we should leave it to the divine so all haste, impatience and revolt are useless. And then she speaks of, what is my place in this service? For a long time past, I do not ask. So, what she is meant to do, we see that from 1914. She is doing what she has felt inspired and from within, the intuitive uh, knowledge which springs from within for all who are who have realized their identity with the Divine. But right now she is with Sri Aurobindo and... What would be her work? When it will be her work? She is not asking any questions. So much so that she says that if once Shirobindo would have asked me to stay, I would have stayed. But 1915, soon after her birthday, 22nd February 1915, she set sail. Because situations were like that. At the same time, Shirobindo did not say, And she says that he was right. That is much later. She wanted to stay, but she had left it to Shirobindo. But then she says that he was right. For various reasons that had she stayed that time, it would have created complications. So she had to go and go through a whole journey. But she leaves a psychic being here. So this is what we see. That she says, what place one would occupy for a long time past, I do not ask. What does it matter? Is it necessary to know whether one is at the center or on the periphery? I imagine somebody like Divine Mother. (laughs) Who is with all her experiences and powers in Algeria and uh, otherwise, she is not uh, wanting to be in the center. She says, whatever place you keep me, you may keep me in the periphery just as an ordinary sevak, or you may give me a place to do this kind of work. Everything is welcome for her. This is a huge lesson for mankind. Provided that, entirely consecrated to the Living only for Thee and by Thee, I do better and better the work Thou givest me. All the rest has no importance at all. And we see some of the, I mean, Shurabindu's own life. Look at Shurabindu's own life. What place was he occupying? Outwardly, he was posted in the land settlement department of Baroda service. He doesn't, he is already, is such a, I mean, just imagine a Cambridge uh, educated person, a brilliant student who has done so well, master of many languages, given a place in land settlement department. And he is not, uh, my worth is much more. No, he is happy there. He is living there and carrying on with the inner life as it unfolds itself. He is not preoccupied with any selfish thought. Oh, when will I get promoted? When will I get get this job? And he would do it so sincerely. See, some of the drafts which are there, even during that time, it's amazing. So, this should be our attitude. She is showing us what should be our attitude. Not that if I get this position, then only I will work. Worse still, work for a certain position. No, wherever the divine keeps us, we should be happy. So she says that is not important where one is placed. What is important is the will to do the work better and better that you give me. All the rest has no importance at all. I would say more, provided thy work is done in the world as well and as completely as it can be. What matters, the individual or the group that realizes this work? So she goes one step further. Now you see, sometimes… We can have a group ego. Shuramindu cautioned that collective ego. Now you know how in religions we see. We see that there are religious groups which believe we are the ones custodian of truth. Now, in Sanatana Dharma there is nothing like that. We don't know in countless ways divine work is being done. Kewat has done a divine work. Sabri has done a divine work. Jatayu has done a divine work. And countless others. So divine work is something which anywhere anyone can do provided one is open to that. And the mother goes on to say, what does it matter whether, now this is the group she is immediately referring to because she has come to what later on would become this Bindu Ashram. And later on also she says, in post-1956, she says the supramental force and truth is not anybody's personal property. And she says that, you know, it doesn't matter. The force has not come only for a group of people. It is… Operating everywhere. Same thing we see in Sri the life divine that in the Gnostic life there will be many islets in all likelihood because divine seems to love variety. He doesn't like like the ascetics that mix everything together and then eat. He likes to have variety. So why not variety? So says, how does it matter whether which individual or group will realize it? All that should happen is that the divine work should be done. Who does it? Where it is done? With, by whom? That is not important. And therefore, contemplating like this, her heart is at peace. Otherwise, we get so much worried and even in we become anxious of doing divine work. Sometimes if our task is to, you know, uh, let's say bring money. Oh, how will money come? It will come. It has to come. We should do our work faithfully and do it well. If this is the work given to me, I should do it well. But how it will happen, which way it will happen, Leave it to the divine. He will find ways and means and his own arrangement. Whatever is needed will come. But we should be prepared inwardly with the right attitude in service. And what is that right attitude? That right attitude is of peace, trust, no impatient revolt, no haste. And leave it to the divine how he will uh, inspire us to serve him what work He will give us and where He will place us. But wherever He places us, we should do that as well as we can to the utmost of our capacity. O my sweet Master, in peace, serenity and equanimity, I give myself and I melt in Thee. My thought calm and tranquil And my heart smiling. Thy work will be done. I know. And thy victory is certain. What is certitude? So we base everything based on our own understanding, our own perception. What we should praise for the divine victory. How it will happen? We should leave it to the divine. Whether one group or another group, whether many groups, whether one individual, few individuals or many individuals, in all likelihood, in countless ways, we should leave it to the divine. So, again she speaks of this attitude, what does it bring? It brings us in the right condition of serving the divine. As long as we have preferences that I will do this work and not that work, we are not ready for divine work. And I am reminded of that story of um, Rishabh Chanji, that how, you know, uh, the first task he was given by Sri Aurobindo was was by the mother, he was given the furniture department and he's very happy. So, he writes a letter of gratitude. But the first task that is given by the mother is to kill the bugs. And he's a Jain. How can he kill bugs? So, he writes, keeps that letter aside and writes another letter that he has, uh, mother has given me this work. She probably doesn't know that I am a Jain and I am not supposed to kill anything. So, Shurabindo writes, whatever work mother has given, it is meant for your progress. Keep this attitude and do it. You see, later on he wrote such a wonderful biography of Sri and one can see that he has a tremendous ability for research, even his intellectual mind, heart. But then, what is the work? Furniture department, you do it. Same we see with Nirodha. What is the work he is given? Timber go down. And he says that, you know, people are saying that what kind of work you are doing, eh, doctor? So sometimes they make fun. So, I don't know whether my presence in the timber go down is helping it or is it, am I sending it to the devil? And Sri says, it would have gone to the devil had you not been there. Something is saw. So, it's not, uh, in the ashram, this is one of the first lessons that Mother and Sri the way she organized... That it is not based on that, I want to do this work. Everybody wants to do a desk work, sitting work. But everybody wants to do a work which will go with, uh, you know, will bring some kind of a, uh, you know, position or power or prestige. But none of this is important. So she is showing us right then and there, what should be the attitude. What work divine will give me, I should accept. So always there are these two approaches. One is, I come and I say, I can do this work, I want to do this work and approach with this attitude. This happens particularly in people who are highly qualified because they think we are specialized and we can do this work. Or the other is, I am here for divine work and divine service. Wherever the divine sends me, in whatever department, in whatever capacity, in whatever way, I am ready to do that. So both these are ways of entering into the divine work but it is obvious that the latter one is a much better thing. Because it is a complete surrender. In the first one, I have a preference, but I want to do works, but with this preference. Now, any preference is an obstacle to service of the divine. So, this is the attitude with which she is teaching us, I give myself and I melt in thee. So, when there is peace, serenity and equanimity, no eagerness, over-eagerness, no impatience, and we know that if we are ready for the work, the divine will give us. There is a very beautiful uh, short essay of Sri Aurobindo on delight of works. Uh, I think it's in Collected Works, uh, volume 13 or 12, one of the two. So, there the essay's title is The Delight of Works. So, there he reveals that, he says that we have to discover the equal joy. What? The sword has a joy when it is lying by the side of the master. It's with the master. Ready. The sword is a joy when it is pulled out of the sheath and the master uses it for the battle, hiss and the battle. And the sword is a joy when it is broken and the master puts it aside. After all, it has been used so beautifully by the master. And then Sherbina says, That equal joy discover. So it doesn't matter. That what position, what work, for how long, we may be given this today, tomorrow we may, this may be taken away from us. This idea that I am responsible, without me the world will collapse. All these are contrary to the true spirit of divine works. And the mother is showing us the way that if we are to do divine work, all these attachments, even this idea of I am responsible, without me the work cannot be, the divine mother is telling us. That well even she, she says it doesn't matter. Whether you you want to use me or you want to use somebody or the whole world, uh, any group. But I am ready. I am there. If you give me a work, I will do it with perfection, with the right attitude, with full trust, confidence. And I will do it to the best of my ability. And keep doing it better and better because one always learns. And then at the same time she says, what is serene peace comes with this attitude. And then she says, I melt into you. Because naturally then when there is... No particular work given. What do you do? You melt into the Lord. After all, what can be the choice is between the work of the divine, which is a delight, or melting into the divine, which is a delight. Why feel that, you know, only this way I want to have delight. Either way, there is delight. So, this is where she says, O oh my sweet master, in peace, serenity and equanimity, I give myself and I melt in thee. My thought Calm and tranquil and my heart smiling. Thy work will be done. I know and thy victory is certain. See, even sometimes people don't realize the value of the cheerleader. Now there are people when a match is going on have to cheer. I'm not talking of the ugly and crude form it has taken. But in any match, there are people who cheer. Now what are they doing? They are not actually... Uh, participating in the sport. But are they not? They are participating. Their energy is going to (laughs) help the team. So, this uh, work, even uh, this famous, I think, uh, was it Milton, who said, they too serve who wait, who stand and wait. So, just waiting upon the Lord. Even this is service. O my sweet master, grant to all the sovereign boon of thy illumination. Then she says, this is a wonderful state and I pray that everybody receives this state of illumination. So we read it again, May 13th, 1914. This somnolence of my thought, O Lord, thou wilt shake off, so that I may have knowledge and understand the experience thou hast given to my being. When something in me puts a question to thee, always thou repliest, And when it is necessary that I should know something, thou teachest it to me. Either directly or indirectly. Directly is through the direct inner guidance. Indirectly is through a book, through a person, through a casual phrase or a revelation. I see more and more that all impatient revolt All haste would be useless. Everything is organized slowly that I may serve thee as I should. What is my place in this service? For a long time past, I do not ask. What does it matter? Is it necessary to know whether one is at the center or on the periphery? Provided that entirely consecrated to thee, Living only for thee and by thee. I do better and better the work. Thou givest me, all the rest has no importance at all. See, divine can give all kinds of work. Trijata was given the work of looking after Mata Sita. Where was her post given by the divine? To be right in the heart of Lanka, as one of the servants of Ravana, and yet she was the Slave of Rama. So this is how the divine can also give us work sometimes. Provided thy work is done in the world. I would say more, provided thy work is done in the world as well and as completely as it can be, what matters the individual or the group that realizes this work? Oh my sweet master, in peace... Serenity and equanimity, I give myself and I melt in thee. My thought calm and tranquil, and my heart smiling. Thy work will be done, I know, and thy victory is certain. O my sweet master, grant to all the sovereign boon of thy illumination. Namaste.